And hopefully it's working. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Spooky South Coast, emanating live from the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast in Fall River, Massachusetts, 92 2nd Street, if you're looking for it. Uh, we are here because uh, Christopher Moon and Haunted Times Magazine are holding their Ghost Hunters University night number two. Uh, myself, Tim Weisberg, and science advisor Matt Moniz were here last night as well, so we'll talk a little bit about that during the course of the show. Uh, we will also talk to Leanne Wilbur, owner of the Lizzie Boyd Bed and Breakfast, about an exciting new auction she has coming up. Uh, actually, if you go to eBay right now and look for Lizzie Boyd, you can find it. If you go to SpookySouthCoast.com, uh, click on the blog. There's also a link there as well. And joining us later on will be Dina Everling of Haunted Times Magazine. We'll talk about Frank's Box, the very controversial telephone to the dead. We'll talk about some of the uh, backlash that's popped up in the paranormal community in recent months surrounding that device. And we'll just uh, we'll talk to whoever wants to come in and talk to us uh, while they're around investigating, having experiences here. We have uh, everybody's favorite co-host, Lucky, joining us. Hello today. How you doing? And, uh, you know, we're going to go through all these introductions again once we go on the air. So save your best stuff for, for when we actually go on the radio. Okay. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go stretch. This is what we call pregame. I'll go stretch. This is the pregame for uh, Spooky South Coast <sighs> because we have the silent assassin, Matt Costa, burning his way down 195 as we speak. Trying to get to the spooky studios. His Toyota Corolla. To put us on. Uh, he's he's got a he's got a what, what is it a it's a truck uh, the Tacoma. Ooh. Yeah. The station pays a lot. Uh, no, the station doesn't pay anything. <laughs> <laughs> he had to save up a lot of Coke cans to buy that. A lot of beer, recycled beer cans. But uh, his Natty Ice. Yeah, the Natty Ice, the preferred choice of. Spooky South Coast. Uh, Natty Ice, if you're listening, send us a couple cases so we can do another backyard show. You have to come and do one of those with us. Those those are really fun. Um, uh, I don't partake in spirits. No, no, it doesn't matter. Oh, oh that kind. Yeah, I'll, the, I'll do those. The spirited activity uh, that we have going on. It, it's just, it's. W what was the turning point last year? Was it when we actually got Moniz to drink Goldschlager, or was it when the grill caught on fire? Wait, Moniz drank Goldschlager? Yeah, yeah. But then, uh, then we were cooking burgers on the grill and started a small neighborhood fire. Now you see why I don't drink. Yeah. Well, where was the EVP on that one? No, there was. There was very. Everybody could hear the the screams coming from my wife. <laughs> what are you doing back there? So, where was Matt standing? I don't that know. was actually sitting. Didn't. I, I don't down. think you even panicked when the fire happened. I think you were just like, "Dude, your grill's on fire." Basically. Yeah. I panicked because I was already worried about the fact that we were out in the, in the backyard. You, yeah, you're not going to be able to hear yourself. I can hear him now. Yeah, that's, that, that'll happen. Welcome to the wonders of radio. Well, <laughs> I can hear him out of my ear. Hey, and you my know what? Head. And I'm going to say this. I want to say this. And I'm not going to be afraid to say this even though we don't know who's listening. But this is more This is more of a compliment to Matt Costa than it is a knock to other shows. What Matt Costa can pull out of his ass and put together with some laptops and stray wires, headphones, string, and chewed up bubble gum. A little bit of Bailing wire. He does. He's it's, a pretty good engineer. It, he he still, did well. It's still damn better than ninety percent of these shows that are out there. So, uh, like I said, no offense to them. It's just it's magic what we can do with the equipment that you have at hand. You know, it would all be better now. For those who were listening and heard our first Lizzie Borden broadcast, you'll remember that we had some slight problems with our board that hmm. night. Uh, it kept overheating. And that we had one to right keep there, turning it off. And no, it off another and off. one. No, that that's actually the uh, the more up to date model. That one is uh, a, that's made to go actually secured into something. It's not supposed to be freestanding like that. But we will figure it out. 
If you would like to join in the discussion, you can get a hold of us tonight by calling the WBSM phone lines at 508-996-0500, 508-2910-500. We'll take your calls that way, hopefully. Uh, hopefully it'll work. And uh, we will talk to you about all things paranormal, not just about Lizzie Boyd, not just about Frank's Box, not just about the wonderful magazine that is Haunted Times, but just about anything in general. I actually had a chance to talk to Kristen Gartland from TAPS a little bit earlier today. And uh, everybody at TAPS is excited for the new season, which debuts Wednesday on the Sci-Fi Channel, as well as the uh, the Hunt for the Hunter contest is what they're calling it. We talked a little bit about it last week here on Spooky South Coast, but they are actually holding a contest that will allow you to become the next member of TAPS. So are you going to try for that, Lucky? I am going to take that all the way. Now, uh, you, you know how the process is going to work. You're going to send an audition tape in. And then uh, I guess the, the the fans vote on who gets into the finals, but then Jason and Grant make the ultimate decision. Now I know. <laughs> That's how it works. Are, are you confident that uh, you can make it past the scrutiny of, of Jason and Grant? I, I, have, I have the backup. Okay. Yeah. I'd be more worried about the scrutiny of the public. More scrutiny of the Met and uh, Tim. Oh, no, we, we fully support you. We fully support you because we know that if we call you and say, hey, Lucky, what's going to go on on Ghost Hunters, you'll actually tell us. I can't tell you, but... But... But Taps, ego can. Taps is being tight-lipped about what's actually going to go on this season. Uh, they do return uh, to Europe. They go back over to Ireland for an investigation there. I hear. Look for uh, less familiar faces and more special guests, I heard. That's, that's what I've been hearing. That's what I've been hearing. And uh, one of those special guests uh, will not be... Matt Moniz, because he told me earlier he doesn't want to go in front of cameras. Witness protection doesn't allow that. But but while we're talking about going in front of cameras, we do have to mention that if everybody stays tuned to, it's either going to be the Travel Channel or the Wii Network, we're not sure yet, there will be a television show that we filmed that Matt Moniz was forced in front of the cameras for. We filmed right here in this very house, which was uh, an interesting experience. We talked a little bit about it on the show, and we'll talk about it more when we actually can. But we signed uh, confidentiality agreements and all that kind of good stuff. So, but um, Matt, how would you compare last night's investigation of the Lizzie Boyden house uh, compared to what we did the previous time we were filming the television show? Last night was actually extremely active, probably one of the most active I've seen this house, believe it or not. Uh, what really got me was the young lady. I don't know if we want to use her name. Oh, we'll just say Renee. Okay, Renee. Uh, she was... In the Knowlton room, or as what people call the chimney room, mm -hmm. and she was able to experience the leg lifting effects that happened up there in, almost immediately. Yeah, right Fast, away. Fastest I've seen it happen to anybody, and we've seen it happen on a number of occasions. And it was strange because, like, it was almost as soon as she let herself go, as soon as she was ready for it, uh, it was an instant lift, and of course, you know, doing your due diligence, you made sure that it wasn't any kind of muscle movement. That it she was, was in definitely a not. Position. I mean, as you guys saw, and it's on the videotape that that kid yeah, was TJ, taking. Yep. Uh, I checked all all the muscles in her legs, her calf muscles and her thigh muscles were completely relaxed, and she had a full ninety degrees out for moments at a time. Now, anybody that tries to hold hold your legs out like that, for any longer than 60 seconds, your legs are going to go through what's known as acidosis. Start, the body starts looking for more oxygen, and there's well, more carbon good. dioxide building up, and the legs start to shake. Mm -hmm. Her legs were out there rock solid, straight out, 
Well, last time I was here, uh, that happened to a certain somebody. Yeah, Brian. Yeah, yeah, yeah Brian's he, already talked about this. We had a, uh, we had a. Um, I mean, I don't care how much in shape you are. I mean, having your legs straight out for a minute and a half, spend it, and still be talking with no muscle tone in your leg, you can wobble the muscle. Is you know. I, well, you're actually a. Prof- most people don't know this about Lucky, but he's actually a professional athlete. He's sponsored bu- for bicycle racing. Uh, he rides what twenty something miles a day? Uh, no, I do. I do. The training rides are forty to sixty, but I do the twenty-four hour racing. Oh. So, so uh, he knows what it's like. A little, a little bit something about uh, the musculature of the legs. And yeah. Well, not only that, but when the last few, I saw probably three or four people with the same leg suspended thing, different people, and uh, you can actually see that there was no like flexing of the muscle. They were relaxed, talking to us for a good ten minutes while their legs were suspended. And, and I train, you know, 40, 60, whatever, 100 miles from cycling, and, you know, I would have trouble holding my hands up like they were. I'm, uh, all right. Last time you were down my way, you were you rode a, what, 14-mile circuit or 10-mile circuit? About 20-mile circuit, yeah. Okay. All together, yeah. Okay. How long did that take you? Uh, just under an hour. Okay. Now, how long did your legs feel heavy after that or did or yeah, is I mean, that I, I was pushing pretty hard i mean just you know averaging like 21 22 miles an hour just you know and decent you know just cruising and, and when i got back you know your legs are after any ride your legs are a little heavy a little tingly you know you just want to relax you know you get up you feel a little heavy here and there i mean i still feel that way so. all right now your body's accustomed to having the legs worked out and you saw these other people and their legs being pulled out as they were what did you notice about the way the muscles were when they were when they were extended? Well, the strange thing about it is I've probably seen four or five people go through the, the leg lifting experience in the same spot, explain the same feelings, and, you know, the legs are just very relaxed. Everyone, you know, if you were holding your legs up for five minutes, you'd feel a little bit of strain somewhere in your voice. You'd hear you were holding them up, you know, using more muscle, you know, your ab muscles, your core, and, uh, they were talking and it was describing everything like they were just, you know, really relaxing and then their leg was in perfect shape, you know. So it was it was very, you know, they, they seemed very relaxed. Hmm. Okay. You've, see, you've seen it in four or five people already. Now, Women and men. Yeah. And it made no difference whether they were into anything or... Any physical. Um, oh, so, in fact, that two or three of the people that Hi, were upstairs suspending their legs were people that weren't in shape. I mean, I'm not like disgracing anybody, but they were like heavier type people. You could tell, you know, if they walked to the store, they'd be winded. And they were talking to us for a good five minutes, like they weren't even holding their legs up. And then, exactly. there, was, then there was actually the one time, I remember the first time I experienced watching it, um, something lifted the person's leg abruptly, straight up, real quick, and dropped it again. And uh, that was the first time I was here that happened once. That That's actually happened on uh, several occasions. Like something bigger than kids would lift your legs, something grabbed it and pulled it, like, hey, leave us alone type of thing. Uh, one person almost got pulled off the bed at one particular point. Yeah, that's, uh, not, that's not little kids then. Yeah, essentially. Now, what They're percentage of, of people... So what are they doing? They're not the singing house. Sorry about that, folks. A little bit of technical well, issues. People understand. The people that are listening to us now are the hardcore fans. They know the crap we have to go through all the time. 
<laughs> that wasn't a spirit world. That was a cell okay. phone. Yeah, a lot of fun. But yeah, I mean, most of the people in the same spot, same legs, same experience. In fact, I think we even saw one time the um, the pant legs actually, you know, were relaxed on the bottom. If I'm and not mistaken, we have uh, Brian Hanwa. We have his feet in, in socks. When you see the hand actually grabbing right around the toes. Not a video or on a on photo. No, it's on video that it was that it's on. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of people I noticed out there um, when they were doing it. You'd actually see the top of the pants legs, like someone's grabbing yeah. the top of the pants legs, cramp a little bit. Guys, stop talking. Yep. <laughs> what? This this is what we this is what we call the uh, this is where we call Sink. the prof- the professional portion of the program is now ready to begin. Ah. So uh, take it away, Silent Assassin. I'll get you, big man. Just hang on. And she didn't hold on. No, I wanted her to hang on. Uh, and talk to great radio. That would have been magic. That would have. I mean, I. Good evening. Welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, emanating live from the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast, 92 2nd Street in Fall River, Massachusetts. We are here uh, as part of Christopher Moon and Haunted Times Magazine's uh, Ghost Hunters University. They were here last night. They're here again tonight. So we said, hey, why don't we do the show live from the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast? We tried this once before. Uh, We were able to do it over planetparanormal.com, but I believe this is the first time we've ever been able to broadcast from a remote location over the WBSM airwaves. We have the silent assassin, Matt Costa, back in the spooky studio, ready to send me a text message to let me know how things sound on his end. But uh, what we will do tonight is we will take your calls on the WBSM phone lines, 508-996-0500, about all things paranormal, especially about Lizzie Borden, and we'll be talking about Frank's box, the controversial telephone to the dead, which is actually in this building and... and Maybe even running as we speak. Is are, are they in the? Okay, but uh, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe we'll pick up a few stray signals over the radio here. So, uh, but we will talk about all that and more, and of course your calls. If you go to spookysouthcoast.com, you can find all the information there to call in as well. Uh, and well, we'll we'll try to pull this off as best we can. We have the silent assassin Matt Costa back in the studio. Matt, can you uh, can you talk to us from back there? Is that going to work? Can you hear me? I can hear you perfect. That's beautiful. Really? Yeah, how do we Sounds sound? good on this end. Okay. I'm surprised. This is almost semi-professional radio. I'm impressed. The day for the history books. It is. Uh, you know, Matt, we were talking uh, during the pregame on planetparanormal.com. Uh, we were talking about the magic you can work with a couple of tin cans and some string. That sounds like a plan. Yeah. So uh, now, how, how is it back there in the spooky studio? Is it lonely without us? It is a little lonely, but... Are, are you scared? Goes, I guess. Are you scared? 
Uh, not as as scared as I would be at the Lizzie Borden house. Ah, that's a good point. That's a good point because we definitely had some activity going on last night. We talked a little bit about it in the pregame, but Matt Moniz, why don't you uh, remind, uh, tell the WBSM audience exactly what was going on here last night? Well, last night we had a young woman by the name of Renee. Uh, she experienced the leg lifting events that generally happen in the uh, Knowles room or. Which the is Hosea Knowlton room. Knowlton room, yeah. And she had it happen rather quickly. The fastest I've seen it happen, actually, that, that since we've been noticing this uh, type of effect happen. And she definitely was not, I repeat, not using her own muscles to hold her legs out like that. And I, they were at a perfect 90. Uh, I mean, definitely a perfect 90 degrees. Mm-hmm. And, and we actually had a couple other people that did it afterwards, and uh, we talked about this uh, after everybody had, had gone through the process of trying to do it, and it seemed like it came out like gangbusters when Renee laid down on the bed. It was like immediate, had the energy, was ready to go, but then when the other two women, uh, the, the first woman's name was June, and then the second one after that was Liz, the, the psychic who actually right. works here in the house, it seemed like the spirits didn't have enough energy to do it either as quickly as they did with, with uh, Renee or maybe, you know, they were taking Renee's energy. You know, she's a 20-year-old girl, en- energy to spare. Right, and, and she had very, very good physical, you know, uh, capabilities as far as her legs were, but she she definitely wasn't lifting them on her own. And... Uh, I think we'll probably get a chance to maybe mess around a little bit tonight. Do we, do we know who's staying in that room yet tonight? Have you, have you talked to the, the people staying in that room? I haven't talked to Leanne yet. Okay. Uh, but there are people, uh, do you know that you know of staying in the in the chimney room tonight? Yes, actually are. Okay, so we'll make sure we let them know because that's always fun. The, the, now, the gentleman who was here last night staying in that room was from California, is that? Yes. So he made, made the cross-country check oh, almost as long. Uh, oh, you guys came almost as long yes. coming from Colorado. And, uh, you know, this is a great event that you put on here a couple of times uh, during the course of the year. Yeah, these microphones aren't as good as the ones we're used to. Uh, Four times a year we are here, and um, it's an awesome event every time. The people here, um, both at Lizzie Borden and in the area, are always great to us. You're going to just make sure the switch is on on that mic, Matt? Make sure. Okay, Okay. just making sure. If I could interrupt, we have a call coming through. We have a call coming through. And you can interrupt any time, Matt. You are the the, uh, producer extraordinaire. You are the silent assassin. So let's try and take this call and see if it can work. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. How are you doing? Oh, fine. Thank you. Um, I'm listening to you guys online. Um, I'm calling from Michigan. Oh, hey. Um, Um. I, I used to listen to you guys regularly when I was living in Rhode Island, but um, I've always found the you know the whole story of Lizzie Borden fascinating. Do you have a a psychic or a sensitive there? There was last night. I don't know if Liz came back tonight. Uh, no, she didn't come back tonight. Because uh, I'm I'm curious because I, I you know I I saw I've seen when like ghost hunters went there and they didn't really pick up on anything. But is there any? I'm, I've always been curious to know any sort of presence that. Maybe you're not seeing something, but may, might be feeling something there. Uh, you mean just feeling the presence of of an entity, or? I, no, I'm not so much picking up an, an entity, but I guess you know, just more or less, you know, 
particular feelings of, you know, of what actually happened there. You know? Emotional reactions, you mean? Yeah. Oh, there's definitely been a, a good number of that. Uh, I mean, to the extent where there's been people in the house that have channeled uh, members of the Borden family or, or Bridget the maid. Uh, so, I mean, it it goes just beyond, you know, walking into a room and feeling a sense of grief. I mean, whatever is in this house uh, can transmit itself tenfold to that. I mean, okay. at least at least in the experiences that I've had talking to people here and, and what I've heard. Uh, but in terms of actual physical contact, there's been that as well, too. There's been quite a bit of that, actually. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. All right. Well, thank you for listening, and say hi to everybody out in Michigan. <laughs> well, bye-bye. All right. Take care. All right. So, hey, Matt, that worked out pretty well, huh? It did. Surprisingly, so why, it did. Yeah. Why, why don't we make sure we keep throwing out the phone numbers, 508-996-0500, 508-291-0500. And uh, we will take all the calls that uh, you want to talk about anything paranormal. I mean, we got we have a pretty good uh, pretty good amount of paranormal knowledge in this building right now, between uh, collectively, yeah, uh, science advisor Matt Moniz and Christopher Moon, and and uh, I'm sure there's some investigators as part of tonight's crowd as well. There there always is. Now, Dina, you were saying you come here four times a year. The next one is slated for September. September, I believe it's the uh, 29th, 30th. Okay. Last weekend in September. Still spots open. Or? Hello? Was that you, Matt? Hello? All right. We had our first strange, unexplained uh, cut-in from the great beyond. That was a that was kind of creepy, Matt. Did, did you hear that on your end? I didn't hear anything over here. Uh, All right. We had, we had it on this end. You know what's funny is, Matt, we didn't mention that after Renee laid on the bed and had yeah, her legs lifted. The we, audible voice that we all heard, and it, it was from inside the room. It was definitely in the room, and everybody heard something different. What did it say? It's it's hard to explain. I know what I heard, but he heard something different. Everybody else heard well, a what different did, thing. What did you hear? What did it sound like to you? What I heard was like a little, what sounded like to me, a little kid saying something like, hey. And I heard what sounded like a growl. And then TJ said it sounded kind of like a cow, mooing almost. You know, we've gotten growls up there before. In the chimney room? Mm-hmm. The Knowlton room, to use the correct terminology. Yeah, if you're looking at lizzie-borden.com and making your reservations for the... To stay in the house. We're, don't go anywhere, Leanne. We're going to talk to you about the uh, the exciting auction going on. We're going to drive up those bids tonight. Um, but, yeah, we all did hear it. And I didn't have my tape recorder running. Uh, I know you didn't have yours, Matt, but hopefully somebody did. I know TJ had the video running, and we'll see if we can get a, a hold of that footage. I was too busy with the camera. That's true. You were snapping away pictures. Uh, now, Dina, getting back to what you were saying, uh, there, there are still spots open for September? I believe right now all the rooms are booked for the overnight, but we do still have availability for the evening event. So, yes, people can still call and make a reservation yeah, with us. Yeah, you just have to call Leanne here at the Lizzie Borden Bed Breakfast for that. To, to handle the, the room yeah. reservations. Yep, to handle the well for the rooms, but for the event reservations as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. And if they want to learn more about uh, the Ghost Hunters University, they can go to hauntedtimes.com. They can go to hauntedtimes.com or they can give us a call. Okay. But don't call now because you're here and you're you're busy. So now, 
While we have you uh, in the room, Leanne, before you uh, have to run away and do the uh, proprietary duties of, of owning this fine establishment, uh, you put up for auction on eBay uh, a night stay in the what, what is commonly referred to as the murder room, the John Morse room. Uh, but it's not just any night that you can stay in that room. It's a, it's a rather special night. Yes, it is. Uh, which night would that be? It is the night of August 4th, the day of the murders. And so <laughs> you could be right in the spot where uh, Abby Borden was slain and uh, by whoever committed the murders. Now, the, there's the, it's, a, it's a whole package. It's not just a, it's an overnight stay for two. Yes, uh, overnight stay for two. Also included is a gift certificate to the Abbey Grill Restaurant, which is the uh, now the culinary school where the former uh, Central Congregational Church, where Lizzie and her family went to church. Gift certificate to dinner at that fine establishment. Two I Survive the Night t-shirts and a bobblehead doll. Now, you only get the t-shirts if you actually survive the night, though, right? Yes, that's yes. Part of the, that's part of the kicker there. So uh, if you go to eBay... Uh, you can find that. Just look up Lizzie Borden, and it'll show right up in there. Uh, you can also go to SpookySouthCoast.com, click on the blog, and you'll see a direct link there so you can bid. So I know I checked earlier, and the, the, the bids, I was you started the uh, the bidding off very low, didn't you? You started it nice and you know nice and low to, to give everybody a shot. I did. I started off at $50. I'm not out to gouge anybody on this. I you know, want to just be fair. There's been too many people who want the room mm -hmm. and the former owner had a waiting list and I didn't think that was fair so EP is a very nice way to just toss it into the ring and, and you want it go for it you get a fair shot and but I mean at the same time I mean right now and of course how long is how long is the auction going on till 10 days okay so you got there's still plenty of time left but oh yes I mean right now it's it's down below the actual retail value of, of the the night's day you um, can't have that happen we have to have the Spooky South Coast audience hop on eBay right now, start bidding. How bad do you want this room? Uh, believe me, believe me. Uh, if you come here to one of the Ghost Hunters universities, uh, you can experience some phenomena in that room. And uh, I'll tell you what, I think uh, if you if you win this auction, they'll even let you in on the secret. Well, see, there you go. The, the room is available to your audience, the winner of your audience. Um, 115 years ago, August 4th, was the day of the murders. So you get to bring your equipment with you into your mm -hmm. room, set it up, and see what you get. Yeah, IR cameras and uh, anything that you want to bring. And, of course, if, if you do capture anything, you have to share your evidence with Spooky South Coast so we can get it out there for everybody to see because there's there's been tons of great evidence caught in this house. Uh, I know, Dina, when you guys come, you record every uh, session with the box and take plenty of photos. And uh, Is there somewhere where people can see this evidence? Do you post it on your website? or? Well, it's his house. So, it is yeah. his house. Um, so I would say that that's a very active room. 
and uh, as is the John Morse room. And you, whoever is lucky enough to stay there definitely is going to have an interesting night. Speaking of lucky, he is our, our guest host sitting in tonight. We have yet to introduce him. You've been quiet over there, Lucky. I'm just listening. There's a lot of people in the studio tonight. Uh, That's what happens when we come here and you start listening and you start thinking, I should have said something five minutes ago, but uh, it's, it's gone. Well, we were talking uh, in the pregame before we went on the air at WBSM. We were talking about how you were here with uh, Brian Harnois investigation and, and you saw Brian undergo this and... and the, uh, having his legs lifted in that room and have experiences in this house. And he's not somebody that's easily fooled. I mean, what you've seen on TV, not, notwithstanding. Yeah, he really does. You know, he wouldn't be like, oh, there's something grabbed my leg if nothing didn't grab his leg. He's mm-hmm. straight up guy when it comes to stuff like that. I, I believe his reaction uh, has to be censored for the for the radio airwaves when it actually happened. He was like, <laughs> holy! Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, there's no, uh, you know, there should have been some pleeps here and yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we hear them when we when we watch the show, so no. we know. All right, well, are, are you still back there, Matt? Yes. Okay, I, I don't know, you know, because now that we're not there to keep an eye on you, you could be out at the snack machine hanging out in Fun 107. Every once in a while, give a little hello. Yeah, well, he doesn't say anything when he, when we're in the studio, so I don't. he's not going to say anything now when we can't force him to. So, uh, Matt, why don't we take a commercial break, and then when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the Lizzie Borden case. And then uh, we're coming up uh, soon on the news. Then on the other side, we'll talk about Frank's box. And, and Dina has some clips that we'll try to play over the air for you as well. And, and uh, folks, w- when we get into this, this is something that if you haven't heard the, the previous shows where we've talked about this, uh, this is the cutting edge of, of paranormal research. This is something you want to stay tuned for. Even if you're not a paranormal investigator, you're going to be amazed by this device and what it does. So stay tuned. We'll be right back in just a few minutes here on Spooky South Coast. Now, but Spooky South Coast is creeping up behind you right after this. Turn on all your lights, lock the doors, and pull down the shades. Spooky South Coast is back. All right, welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here. Alongside the science advisor Matt Moniz, silent assassin Matt Costa, back in the spooky studio because we are broadcasting live from the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast, 92 Second Street, Fall River, Massachusetts. And uh, if you go to lizzie-borden.com, you can find out all about this historic house, uh, not just the the grisly murders that happened here that everybody knows about, but uh, as well as just the architecture. I mean, this is a, a home that is, aside from what happened here, it's a museum to a time period. Uh, if you come in here for one of the tours, you can see the uh, the authentic furniture that they have, the the decor, uh, and just the the staff always goes above and beyond here uh, in terms of taking care of the guests, uh, answering all their questions. Uh, they're very knowledgeable about the case, very knowledgeable about the murders, about all the different theories. Uh, we we will be back here. Uh, the, the preliminary plan is to come back here on the night of the murders, August fourth, uh, because that is a Saturday night. We will broadcast live from the parking lot of the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast, if uh, if that's going to work out with you, Matt Moniz. I see you're busy over there, but... Yeah, it should work out with me, all right. When was that again? That is August 4th, the anniversary of the murders. Mm. So we will be out there. Uh, hopefully there's a tent. Uh, if, it if it rains, we'll, we'll bring a tent with us. So. Does anybody know what uh, yesterday was? Well... Other we, than June 1st? Well, we do, because we were here. But I know. Well, <laughs> we'll let you... <laughs> It was the 80th anniversary of Lizzie Borden's death. 
She died at uh, her home in Maplecroft two years ago yesterday. And do you think that that had uh, any kind of effect on the phenomena that was occurring last night? You know, we also have here, my partner is uh, Paulette Huff. She's the CFO of Haunted Times Magazine. And um, I'm going to let her answer that one. Hold on. We had some very interesting things happen uh, last night. And uh, one of the things we did is we went out to uh, the cemetery and uh, we actually put some flowers on the graves out there. Uh, we invited her to come here to the house, even though this wasn't her favorite place, uh, to visit with us. Um, I think we've got probably the most activity that I can remember in all the times that we've been here. Um, her father was uh, quite angry with us last night, and some of the things that, that took place here were quite phenomenal. So I think it had a lot to do with with uh, what we experienced here last night. Well, I, I know the women who stayed here uh, and stayed in Andrew Borden's room, uh, they had a threat levied against them. Uh, was that through the box, or was that... Right, yes. Um, that room is quite an interesting room. In fact, uh, the first time that Chris and I stayed here at the house, uh, Chris stayed in the little dressing room off of the uh, Borden bedroom. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had two very interesting things happen to us. Um, one of the things was with uh, Chris, he kept choking. I could hear him choking. And I wanted to get up to check on him, but I, was, I just could not get up to, to see what was going on. Being held down almost? It, it felt like being held down. Uh, the other thing was uh, that every time I turned my back towards the doorway, uh, if any of you have been there, you know there aren't any real hallways in the rooms, but the doorway, a very, very distinctive voice of a woman would say very quickly and very frightening, uh, don't turn your back, don't turn your back, and I would immediately roll over. The next morning when Chris got up, he, he kept rubbing his, his throat and saying, you know, something's wrong with my throat. When I looked at his throat, you could actually see marks across his throat, wow. and he he felt that he was being choked. So uh, whatever the threat against the ladies were in that room, I, I can understand them because I know it was a very interesting night for us. Which room was this again? I'm sorry? Which room? This was in uh, Andrew Borden's room, the master bedroom. When you came here, did you stay in the house uh, when you were here with Brian? Uh, I stayed actually in Lizzie's room in the middle okay. for two or three nights. And actually tonight I'm actually staying in the murder room. Really? Yeah. Well, good luck with that. I, I have a question for Paulette. Yes. <laughs> um, the house, uh, the design of the house is so odd. Have you guys, I'm sure you guys know, there's there's no hallways. There, each, oh. each room is connected, each room is almost, connected to others. It's almost like a rabbit run style, only not in that straight line. Right. Yeah. And I'm wondering, Does it, I'm, I'm hoping you know the answer is, why did Andrew Borden build a house? He bought it. Yeah. But why did he, didn't, didn't he renovate it? No, actually, he didn't spend any money on it, did he? I, I never. Leanne, she knows. <laughs> I, I understand it was originally built as like a duplex, what we would call a duplex. Yeah. It, it, it was a two-family house at one point. Right, yeah. right. That's why there weren't any of the hallways like we would be used to today. Because I'm sure I, I'm, I would guess the upstairs is kind of like an apartment and down here would be another. Uh, just guessing. I mean, I, I know that um, in what I've read, 
Uh, it was a two-family just prior to them buying it. I think they were the first family to use the, utilize the entire house. Right. That's what I've always been told. I think the only isolated room in the uh, second floor is the murder room. It is. It's the only one that's it's not. The only one that's not connected it's to It's only got one doorway. And, sharing a room yeah. somewhere. Uh, well, I mean, part of the problem is uh, in those times, um, privacy was, you know, an issue anyway. Uh, because you only had like candlelight to get by, a uh, gas light to get by, so you would be sharing light as best you could. So it, it was hard to keep that privacy. So maybe it wasn't as important to them to have hallways and to have that separation. So it just wasn't included in the design. I mean, I'm just guessing. Uh, well, I just I just find it fascinating that Andrew Borden was a man of great stature here in um, in Fall River, and he he did have the money to provide his family with a lot of the things that everybody else had, but yet he chose not to. Mm -hmm. And so, I, like I said, I find it very interesting and fascinating, and, and we have asked him. And I don't know, some of the answers we get back are just so, it, it seems that they change, they, you know, I just think what it boils down to is that he was cheap. Yeah, I mean, really, and mm -hmm. I think he chose this location because it kept him close to his downtown businesses, but at the same time, um, he could afford better, but he didn't need to. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people are like that, and, and we commend them for having that type of uh, outlook. I mean, just in a, in a, in a sports-related note, uh, Manny Ramirez signs a huge contract with the Red Sox, and he has this huge diamond earring in his ear. That's a cubic zirconia. <laughs> I mean, because he could have a real diamond earring, but he doesn't need it, so he gets by. And, you know, we commend a lot of people that live their life that way, but when you are notorious for it when it starts to affect your family in other ways. It's not just we can get by with a smaller house when it's we can get by eating some food that's probably not the freshest it can be. You know, we can get by with basically living on the cheap when we don't need to. And I think his family resented him for that. What was interesting, too, I think, in the fact that um, even though the house didn't have electricity or indoor plumbing, he sent the two girls to Europe. They were educated very well, and he also hired some of the best dress designers in the country to design their ball gowns, but yet they lived here. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's, if ever, I mean, if ever there was a house that was reflective of somebody's personality, it's this, and maybe that's why it's been able to, to keep his personality in here, why it's been able to keep his spirit. It's a controlling house. It's a house that there is absolute, you can, you can tell. It, it, it is absolutely a home that if you, had, if you had Andrew Borden as your father, you would be controlled. There was no... There's no secrets. There's no... Well, <laughs> well actually, but there in, are. <laughs> well, but I mean in terms but of... But you're right. You're floor right. Floor plan in, Exactly. In floor plan, he could have his finger on everything. And it was, you know, I... I, I think about what I've learned about Andrew um, in regards to our research and the house, and I, I understand why he, he had it the way he did. And, you know, when I was saying earlier about, um, you know, not having certain things that he could have had, you know, I mean, there's the story about Lizzie and Emma and the family eating mutton that had spoiled for a week because he, he didn't want to get fresh meat. Uh, he had bought the mutton and spent money on it, and darn it, mm -hmm. they were going to eat it. And for a week, I believe, they ate it, and for a week, they all got violently ill after eating it. It didn't matter to him. He still had them eat it. And so that's, you know, that's more of long line men about being able to afford things that, in my opinion, 
food that doesn't make you sick is a pretty big necessity. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, it's uh, but like you said, it's the controlling aspect. It's because he could, and, and yeah. it's it's more because he could. I'm sure. You know, he didn't enjoy the process of, of eating it himself. And you would think, why would somebody put themselves through that if they didn't have to? But like you said, to maintain that level of control, that firm hand. So here we are talking bad about the man in his dining room. And you know what happens when you start talking ill of Mr. Borden oh, in this He'll get house. you later. Yeah. So, well, well, hey, we invite it. If he wants to come on the show, well, we more than welcome it. If he wants to talk to uh, the guest here through the box later on, I, I hope that happens. I'm sure it'll happen because uh, there's many nights where he's very talkative. Yes, Lucky. Sorry. Well, you said before that, you know, when you want to make a point, you want to make sure you do it right away, so I don't want to make sure I don't step all over you and I give you that chance. Okay, I'll, ju- I'll jump in there. Okay. Getting comfortable. So uh, how, how's things back there, Matt? All right, we have a phone call and possibly a question. Okay, let's go to the phones then. Uh, all right. Good evening. Hey, you know, don't wait for us to stop talking. Interrupt us. Good evening. You are on Spooky South Coast. How you doing? Good. Hi, this is Chris from Woburn. Hey, Chris. How you doing? Excellent. How you doing tonight? All right. Um, I was wondering if uh, it might be possible while you guys were there uh, to get an answer to my question about um, about how long the gentleman who has been reading to the spirits has been working there. Okay, I don't think Ben is here tonight. No, Ben is actually, okay. I have a good good news about Ben. He is actually auditioning for a Broadway play. Wow, that's huge. Yeah, so he's not with us uh, the f- past two evenings, and we've missed him. Which which play is it? It's not a Lizzie Borden play. <laughs> that would be funny. Uh, I don't know which play. I just know that we asked because he's he's usually the attendees. They adore Ben. They just he he gives an excellent tour, and so when we always ask for him when we come, and they said he wasn't here this weekend. He was well, on Broadway. I, I like I like Ben very much. So I hope it's not Cats, because <laughs> I can't go see him if it's Cats. <laughs> But uh, no, Chris, we will try to find out uh, when when we do get a hold of you know you know what if you uh, if you go to our MySpace, which I know that you know how to get to our MySpace, but it's myspace.com/slash/spooky-south-coast. If you click on the Lizzie Boyden Bed and Breakfast, who is in our top friends, uh, you will find Ben's uh, MySpace there. Ben Rose is his name, and you should okay. be able to contact him pretty easily that way. Because I thought he was going to be here, and I thought I could get an answer to your question, so I apologize. No problem at all. How's everything going? Oh, pretty well. How's how's things with you? Pretty good. Pretty good. I, I like the way you tried to call in as a regular caller, but you know we're going to sneak <laughs> in a plug for your website, masscrossroads.com. <laughs> Chris, uh, are you? The, the, I'm sorry, Chris. Sorry. I was just going to ask: Are you a subscriber to Haunted Times? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, am, I am. I am not a, a subscriber to Haunted Times. Oh. I actually, have written. I have written for you guys several times. Actually, you have. Have Have your have. articles gotten in the magazine? Uh, yeah, about the Lizzie Borden house, actually. Oh, awesome! Well, uh, you should be a subscriber because um, you've written to the magazine. Did you Did you ever get your um, your writer's free copy? Uh, no, I haven't actually. Well, listen, if you email me uh-huh. um, at d.everling at comcast dot net and let me know okay. which issues your stories were in, if we still have um, any copies left, I'll be happy to send you some. Excellent. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, okay. And, and you know that other magazine, Chris, that we talked about that you wrote a story for that we won't name right yeah. now because we have Haunted Times oh. with us? <laughs> and we can't name it anyway because it's the promotional magazine for another radio show. Did you ever get uh, your copy of that yet? I have not gotten my copy of that yet. The, the gentleman who wrote the article has, has kind of fallen on some odd times, and so uh. even though he lives probably about a mile away from me, I have uh, I've yet to, people for some reason don't like me copies of the magazines I write for. That's okay. That's all right. Well, I we got. We, the, I do it for the love of the work. We got about two thousand copies of the free Coastin magazine that we were in. We'll send you some copies of that. They quoted you in that story. Oh, 
Oh, well, I'd love to have a copy of that then. How about uh, a couple thousand? Because they're taking <laughs> um, up they're yeah, taking up space yeah. in my house, so. You know what? I've got finals coming up, so I'll have uh, I'll have my students write uh, essays about it. There you go. There you go. And maybe we can go back. To All right. Well, thank you very much. I just wanted to kind of check I in on that question and uh, and see if I could have gotten an answer. So maybe I'll try to get in touch with him and uh, see if I can go through it that way. All right. Thank you, Chris. All right. Have a great night, Jim. Have a good one. MassCrossroads.com. Check it out. It's the intersection of reality and legend. And uh, there's some thank stuff. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, of course, we always sneak in. <laughs> thank plug. you for the thank you for the, for the plug. All right, have a good night. Uh, and now, Matt, uh, we're, we're coming up on the news. Uh, we have eight minutes to the news. What do you have? Uh, we have seven over here. Okay, so you just let us know by playing those lovely tones. Different times. That around. is the WBSM news okay. prompt music. And when we hear that, we will we will stop talking. But uh, for right now, uh, there, if you go to that website, masscrossroads.com, there's some information about when Chris did an investigation here with a psychic uh, by the name of Jackie Barrett. And it's just more of the same, more of the... Uh, what are you? Okay, I'm sorry. I thought you were signaling me. No. Everybody say hi to Andrea. She's the indentured, the indentured servant here at the Lizzie Boyd in Bed and Breakfast. She is she is the one that you want to you want to see uh, for food when you come and stay here because she's an excellent cook. So the food is fantastic. I've it seen is. it a few times. You know, and and it sounds it really just sounds like we're we're plugging the hell out of this place because they're kind enough to let us broadcast here and you know. Because, but it really is. It's an. I'm not a fan of bed and breakfasts. I I've never been a fan of bed and breakfasts. I don't like the idea of sleeping in somebody else's house. Staying all by yourself is no way to do it. Yeah, sharing sharing bathrooms with other people. <laughs> That's an issue for me, too. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> for me to actually get behind a bed and breakfast uh, and support it is, is pretty pretty astounding. I mean, uh, I've had relatives that have tried to open them, and they say, you know, come and stay. No, I don't want to stay in your house when it's your house. <laughs> Why do I want to pay to come and stay in your house? Well, the good thing about the bathroom being somewhere else in this place is that you actually have to get up and walk through a door and go through like another room to get to something. So there's always that chance of seeing that little certain something along the way. Exactly. Uh, well, I mean. It's an adventure. Do you mean if somebody has the covers pulled up or down or? Oh, you mean paranormal? No, not my room. <laughs> okay. Well, no, there. But there is so many different reports that have come out of here. Uh, you know, mists, uh, all the way to full body apparitions, uh, EVPs to audible noises, like we heard last night. Smells. Smells definitely smells. Uh, and it's like almost every room in the house has had some sort of reported activity. Uh, the only place where there isn't any activity is the kitchen, which is what we're going to keep saying. Oh, I was trying to help you out and saying that so that. We could keep some of the activity out of the kitchen for you, Andrea, but... Oh, all right, so I foiled your... Po- positive thoughts. We're thinking positive. We're trying to keep... Because every time we come here, we aggravate the spirits by saying bad things, and, and Andrea suffers the brunt of it. We so. also wear hats in the studio, which Mr. Borden hates hats indoor. Oh, uh, well, I'm sorry. We have to plug the, the radio show. <laughs> Costa, this is what we call killing time until the news break. Riveting radio. Riveting. So, uh, but what we will do in the second hour, and, and you're going to have to help us out with this, is we're going to play some clips from Frank's box. We'll talk about what that is. We'll go over it for people that might be new to the subject. And how can you be new to the subject at this point? I mean, it's, everybody's been talking about this. Uh, a lot of our our friends uh, who have radio shows have have talked about this. Jason and Grant talked about it on Beyond Reality. That's the only one we can plug because they're a sister station of ours. Well, and that's okay because you know we like them. Yes, and and uh, <laughs> they. They, they have the new season of Ghost Hunters coming up on Wednesday, so make sure you catch it. Uh, but also, um, we're, we're going to play some of those clips, and 
it's a little bit different than the process of garnering EVPs because, first of all, you can hear these out loud. Everybody in the room hears them, and sometimes uh, they are just outright, you know, there's no mistaking what's being said. And so we will play some of those clips uh, as best we can. Now, do you still, you still have clips up on the website, though, right? Uh, we do have some clips on the, up on the website, yeah. Um, we do a lot of college speaking um, in the fall months. And so a lot of the ones you'll find up there are from different colleges and universities that we spoke at last fall. Um, so we're still working on getting up our Ghost Tony University event EVP sessions um, from this year. We haven't, uh, you know, they're just always a work in progress. I mean, a 15-minute clip can take up to three or four hours just to analyze. Yeah, it's a lot of bandwidth. And <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's awful. So I actually have some EVPs, um, of Frank, Frank's box EVPs from here from our investigation last fall. Wow. So if I can pull up some good ones for your audience, I can uh, play them and hopefully they can hear some. All right, so we'll do that coming up in the second hour after we take a break for the CBS News. And then when we come back, we'll do our new segment, The Week mm-hmm. in Weird. We might even go overtime tonight. Uh, Matt Costa, what do you think of that plan? Sounds like a plan to me. Really? You don't have to get up early? Nope. Yeah, you're not sleeping in the house, so what do you care? Exactly. All right, so wh- wh- what's the time? Uh, we got two minutes. Two minutes. Okay, so while we have those two minutes, uh, we will tell everybody if you want to call in in hour number two, call 508 996 508 And of course, if you want to get a hold of us all week long, you can go to spookysouthcoast.com. There is a message board there. If you sign up, you can post there. We welcome everybody to share their evidence there as well. Uh, of course, you can email us, spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com. There's our MySpace page, myspace.com slash spookysouthcoast. And, of course, the Howler line, which is available all week long. Monique, your mic isn't working, so give us a loud one. Oh. There you go. The Howler line, which you can call all week long and leave messages for us at 508-471-4469 or 508-471-I-HOWL. I thought there was a real wolf in the room there for a second. He is a little shaggy. And you can uh, leave messages for us there, leave your theories, your experiences, your questions, and what we will do is we'll put them all together and play them here on the air. Uh, and, of course, every Wednesday night on sscfan.com, a spooky South Coast fan site run by our buddy Carl, you can join us on Wednesday nights for a live Internet chat. Lucky, we haven't seen you there yet. Are you busy on Wednesday nights? Um, sometimes. Okay. Well, when you're not busy, you have to come and check I'm out the... Drawing some of my illustrations. The, at LuckyIllustrator.com, which is... You've heard of it. Yes, it's linked up to the blog at SpookySouthCoast.com. Oh, now I have to come in the chat rooms now. If they click on Lucky's name there, they can go right to his site. It was excellent work. Excellent Thank work, I must say. Much. And uh, I plan on being on one of the chats probably either this week or next week. All right. Well, what we'll do is we're going to keep you in the rotation. We'll have you run some chats for us, too, so... Okay. And we'll talk about all things paranormal there as well. Matt, I don't hear the news tones yet. What's yeah, going yeah. What? Where are they? Oh, right there. Oh, that's what I'm looking for. And cute. All right, so stay tuned for more of Spooky South Coast. And remember, uh, if you want to listen on planetparanormal.com, you can do that as well. But we will be back after the CBS News with more, talking about Lizzie Borden, Frank's Box, and all things paranormal. South Coast. A phenomenon that holds the key. You are experiencing deja vu. 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 Deja vu.
of Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, alongside science advisor Matt Moniz. Usually I, I have to say alongside the silent assassin Matt Costa and science advisor Matt Moniz on location. But tonight you are on location and I'm with you. How does it feel? It's crazy. It's nuts. Welcome to my world. How does it feel to be able to do the show without having to talk into your cell phone for an hour? Uh, I like it. Uh, I got one word for you, buddy. Bluetooth. Bluetooth. Uh, that may be up. Up and coming. It may be air card for the uh, laptop. Is that two words? I think it's one. I, uh, I think it's one. I, I, I don't know. know. Maybe the company that makes Bluetooth technology could send us uh, some sample devices to, to, to plug, and and then uh, we'll let you know. And then but it keeps your hands free for the investigation. You can still talk. So. Yeah, I, I would like that. That would be we helpful. Were, we were having fun last night running around this place with those walkie-talkies. That was pretty fun. That was definitely interesting. Especially when they started firing off on their own and... Uh, just, you know, interesting little bit of, of phenomena for people out there. I mean, these are those two-way radios that, you know, a lot of people use in different different aspects of life. Uh, and it's not uncommon here, uh, Andrea, you say all the time using walkie-talkies with Leanne that you pick up signals all the time and, and pick up people coming through. But these have a call button that when you press it, it calls the other one to let them know that you're trying to get a hold of them. And, and that was firing off on its own. Does that happen around here? Is that something you can attribute to... Maybe picking up another call signal from one of those, or it was, hap- it was happening yesterday. Weren't you here when? Yeah, you were it was happening to it was happening to us. But does it happen to you guys with your yeah. with your two ways? Because we have the same ones as you guys. Okay. Very similar. Yeah, you guys have ones very similar to ours. Yeah. So uh, maybe maybe it's phenomenal. Maybe it isn't. But uh, we'll we'll keep playing with them later. Or on. maybe it's somebody a couple of blocks away with another pressing set a call button. Yeah. That's similar to the same. If we're buying the same but brands, the, you know. The battery drains last night were were uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, they were a record level. How fast they would just suck stuff right down and then push it right back. Well, up like again. what happened on the very first experience, the young girl's uh, camera went completely dead. Yep, fully charged and immediately went dead. Right um, after Renee had her legs picked straight up, right what, at that point. Because the battery drain happened throughout the house. Uh, I've seen it happen in pretty much every yeah, room. Yeah, I've lost my camera batteries. Like in great, yeah, my camera is fully charged an hour ago, isn't? It? <laughs> it's great. I got to charge a battery again. Well, well, would it normally go down that fast? Uh, not this camera. No, this okay. camera I've shot for hours upon hours, and I had it fully charged about an hour ago. Put all new batteries in, and now it's half dead again. It goes it, cost me money. No, <laughs> yeah, they do. That's a problem. Uh, now when I. Before I came here, I fully charged my cell phone because I knew I'd have to be, you know, getting in contact with Costa the whole time. And so I fully charged my cell phone. Since I've walked in, uh, the battery has been reading dead, yet it's still fully functional, but the battery reads no power at all. So it's it's a little bit strange, the stuff that goes on here. If you come here to stay, make sure you bring plenty of extra batteries for whatever it is that you have that operates on batteries. No comments from you, Moniz. <laughs> <laughs> Now, that was pretty weird. I want that to go down. That was pretty weird, but I think we can get even weirder. 
What do you think, Costa? I think we can, too. All right, let's do it. More bad news. Well, I got a great show for you, Nate, which is wonderful. Ooh, Before we start the week and we are this week, I have one message for you, Matt Costa. Don't lose my iPod. All right. All right. From the Mirror in Ghana, a celebrated hunter at Sefwi Dekasorum in the Bibuani and in a district of the western region of Ghana, who took his trade too far by trapping game in an abandoned cemetery, now turned into a sacred grove, is in trouble with the elders of the town. His offense: he had gone trapping game at the abandoned cemetery, an area the villagers have been forbidden to visit. What worsened matters was that the gentleman, whose name is Nukawa, had broadcast throughout the village that his trap had caught a ghost. The alarm attracted a large number of people from all nearby villages and others from far and near to capture a glimpse of the ghost. The crowd that rushed to the village attracted the attention of the elders who did not know about the hunting expedition and demanded to know what the reason was for their near stampede. According to the elders, it was a taboo to hunt in the abandoned cemetery, and they believed Nukawa had committed a great crime which must not be left unpunished. A spokesman for the elders said serious reparations are being made to appease the dead before any... That's weird. Before any calam- calamity befell Nukawa and his family or the entire village. So uh, he's in a little bit of trouble there for, for capturing this ghost. And uh, he says that he saw signs of a fierce struggle around the place indicating that something had been trapped but managed to free itself, leaving in its trail a white calico and white cloth with human footprints all over. So he believed that his trap had caught a ghost. He passed out. When he regained consciousness, he was rushed home to narrate his ordeal that attracted a lot of people who all ran to the scene. So, hey, we, we say we can't trap them. We can only detect them. But who knows? Maybe this guy figured out a way. Matt, were you hearing some strange feedback stuff while I was reading that story on your end? There was a slight echo. Was it my was it my voice echoing? It was. Okay, just didn't making sure. Like, it didn't sound like your voice. It didn't sound like my voice here. It sounded it sounded female. Like woman's voice. Yeah, it sounded it female. It sounded like mumbling and it wasn't the same that you were talking. I mean my voice isn't really that manly, but it's not that that curly, I don't think. No, I heard it too. <laughs> they actually all looked at each other at the same time. Let's see if yeah. it, it was like I was being mocked. All right, Matt Moniz, what do you have for us? I have something from WKYC.com. A retired TV station owner and a uh, broadcast engineer, John Casanis, wasn't looking for an answer to the energy crisis. He was looking for a cure for cancer. Four years ago, inspiration struck in the middle of the night. Casanis decided he was going to try using radio waves to kill cancer cells. His wife, uh, Marianne, heard the noise and found her husband inventing a radio frequency generator with her pie pants. I got up immediately and thought he had lost it, she said. Here are the basics of John's idea. Radio waves will heat certain metals. Tiny bits of certain metals are injected into the cancer patient. These nanoparticles are attracted to the abnormalities of the cancer cells and they ignore the healthy cells. The patient is then exposed to radio waves and only the bad cells heat up and die. But John also came across yet another extraordinary breakthrough. 
His machine could actually make salt water burn. John Kazanis discovered that his radio frequency generator could release the oxygen and hydrogen from salt water and create an incredibly intense flame. Just like that, if it was in a car cylinder, you would see this amount of fire, and it could be applied to the cylinder, you would have a, an internal combustion engine. The AVP Company Laboratory in Akron has checked out John's amazing invention, and they themselves were amazed. That could be a steam engine, a steam turbine. That could be a car engine if you wanted it to be. Imagine the possibilities. Salt water as the ultimate clean fuel and a happy byproduct of one man's searching for the cure for cancer. All right. So, uh, I, of course, I gave you that story to read because uh, you have been trying to essentially turn water into gasoline. And I'm still plugging through with the patents process. I've, I've already... The thing does work. It's just a matter of waiting for the rest of the paperwork to go through. Can you just convert my truck now? Because gas prices are getting ridiculous. If you've got the money, I can do it for you. Okay, we'll, we'll figure something out. All right, Matt Costa, back there in the spooky studio. What do you have for us? All right, from New Britain, Connecticut. A man died while trying to outdo a rival in an, with an acrobatic move while, quote, fouls dancing. Robert Smith, 48, and his rival were competing in a parking lot when he tried to do a forward flip and landed on his head. It was just two guys dancing. Everybody was laughing. Stitch friend John Boxley said. Boxley said James Brown was on the radio, and Stitch wanted to outdo a rival dancer who had flipped in the air. Police said the victim went into cardiac arrest and was pronounced dead a short time at a local hospital. Police said several people in the parking lot were drinking and battle dancing competition in which each dancer tries to one one up one up the other with unique dance moves so so uh, it was you, kind of, you yeah. just thought you just thought west side story was just a we had those battles every Broadway. time we had those battles after spooky south the whole time we do uh, uh matt costa pulls out the pat benatar shake and then uh, matt Moniz has the uh the the guy from thriller knife dance move i mean i'm sorry the beat it video the knife dance move, you know. I do that. Dan- I do that dance that Chunk does in the Goonies. Yeah, the truffle shuffle. There you go. Right. Hey, don't don't pull knives on me, Moniz. <laughs> All right. Well, that is the week in weird. If you have a story you'd like to submit for the week in weird, just go to spookysouthcoast.com. Click on the message board. You'll find the thread for the week in weird there. You can leave the story there, and if we use it, we will give you full credit. Maybe if we remember. <laughs> All right, we will take a quick break. When we come back, we will talk about Frank's Box with Dina Everling of Haunted Times Magazine. We will play some clips, and we will take your calls at 508-996-0500, 508-291-0500. We'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast. civilizations, extraterrestrials, myths and monsters, missing persons, magic and witchcraft, unexplained phenomena. For 58 years, fate has provided true reports of the strange and unknown. 
Fate is a factual magazine containing articles by experts in all walks of life and by others just like you who have had something dynamic, significant, and truthful to say. Keep up with the latest on all aspects of the paranormal, angels and miracles, psychic phenomena, ghosts, UFOs, and much, much more. To subscribe, call now at 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at fatemag.com. That's 1-800-728-2730 or www.fatemag.com. What are you waiting for? Your fate awaits. Welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here at the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast, alongside uh, a, a full panel of guests here at the dining room table. Uh, we have science advisor Matt Moniz. We have Lucky, guest host extraordinaire. Yeah. Howdy. 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 Right. Okay. We have Kate yep. with us tonight. We're going to give her some, some credit for sitting by and, and dealing with us for the whole show. Uh, and we also have Andrea, who is yelling at Lucky right now. There's nothing new there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you don't get it half as bad as I do. Physical harm, at least right now. Yeah. Well, folks, but that won't happen if you come and stay here at the Lazy Boy and Better Breakfast. They will treat you as uh, as kings and queens. So they only abuse the radio staff and their guest host friends. All right, but we, uh, Dina Everling of Haunted Times is, is here with us, and we are talking about, because they're having their Ghost Hunters University here, where they use the Frank's box, the telephone to the dead. Now, as I know Frank's site was down. Uh, it was connected to the Haunted Times site, but then it was taken down. Is it, is it back up? or? No. Uh, what had happened was uh, we were on the Coast to Coast uh, radio show, and after that, uh, both Frank and Haunted Times websites were literally bombarded. Mm-hmm. With, um, oh, <laughs> we're literally bombarded with uh, emails and requests for uh, Frank to build people a telephone, et cetera, et cetera. So actually, Frank's website was shut down because uh, he just didn't have uh, the capability to keep up with it. Um, so he had to shut down his website. Um, Frank also decided that he did not want to work with ghost hunting groups anymore. It just pretty much it, it sent him off up off the edge with everything. So, um, unfortunately, Frank no longer works with ghost hunting groups, but he has allowed us to keep all the technology that he had initially given us. And at this point, we are um, one of the very few um, groups uh, and teams that has his technology that we test in the field. Uh, it is a, an interesting device. I don't know how many people know that Thomas Edison was actually developing a device uh, that he felt would help him communicate with uh, spirits that had crossed over. He was very close with his mother, and when his mother died, he truly believed that he could build a device to help com- you know, be able to communicate with her. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't finish that before he died. And through the years... Uh, through uh, voices <laughs> coming through uh, radios, et cetera, et cetera, this gentleman, Frank Sumption, was able to finish the work. Uh, he's a shortwave radio operator by, 
you know, ha- what's the word I'm looking for? Not habit. He's a hobby. Hobby, hobby. Yeah. hobby thank you. And so as he was playing around and tinkering around with his shortwave radio, uh, he got these quote-unquote voices that came through and told him how to complete this project. Um, he completed it and contacted us and said that we were supposed to have this device. Um, and we have been lucky enough since 2004 to be the one group that's been able to successfully uh, test it in the field. And it's an incredible piece of device. My personal experience with it was after my father died in uh, 2004. And I was attending my first ghost town university about six months later. And Chris had said when I was calling to get my tickets, he said, why don't you come a little early and we can go ahead and try to contact your father. And of course I said, I think you're high. Um, it's not that I was a skeptic, mm-hmm. but you know, I thought two-way communication was really not going to happen. Uh, I went early, and I had a bunch of friends there and family. And I'm sitting there listening to this device with through the white noise, et cetera, et cetera. And I heard clear as crystal my name, Dina, being said in my father's voice. And I fell forward out of my chair, sobbing hysterically. And I thought, okay, 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 I need to calm down. This isn't happening. Um, the next sentence that came out of the, the box was, Dina, don't cry. Again, it was in my father's voice, and it didn't help me not to cry. <laughs> it made me cry even more. Um, but from that point on, I felt very strong that this is the field that I needed to be in. Um, I had finally was able to get some closure with my father's death, which a lot of people don't have after mm-hmm. a loved one dies. So one of the the big things that I've gotten a chance to do in regards to using the telephone is help people find the closure that they need. Um, it's It's been an incredible experience. And we do have that device with us tonight, and we take it to every Ghost Hunter University that we do. And uh, it helps us get a lot of answers to questions in certain places that, you know, questions have been burning, especially like here at the Lizzie mm-hmm. Borden House. Uh, well, one of the questions that I think I, I should ask is exactly it's, as near as you can figure, and I know that it's hard to, to answer this question because, you know, supposedly there's only 30 people that can operate it, according to Thomas Edison, but how exactly does the box work as near as we can understand it? Uh, the box works through Thomas Edison's theory of uh, white noise. Thomas Edison believed that white noise would be able to um, help spirits communicate on a level that we could hear them through the white noise. So uh, it works through, gosh, I want to say it filters through radio frequencies. R- Right, yeah, it filters through radio frequencies with white noise. And through that, um, you pick up, they they can use the white noise, and is it the energy from the radio? The energy from the radio frequencies to create their voices. And like I said, sometimes they will come through in their own voices. Other times you'll hear a voice that says, this is Bob, and it's in a clearly female's voice. So, um, like I said, my personal experience with it was hearing my father in his own voice. Now, there's uh, there's been a lot of controversy about this device. A lot. And one of the key things that a lot of people uh, zero in on is the way Chris interacts with the device. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he'll hear something very quickly that other people in the room don't. Uh, and it, it'll sound almost like, you know, he'll, he'll hear something and it's, I don't really know how to describe it to people that haven't heard it. It, it. He'll hear something and he'll know exactly what was said when everybody's like, wait a minute, how could you have made that out? Mm-hmm. But the one thing is this is because it comes from practice and because he's used the device so much and, and he's used to it. He can he can almost filter it out better than other people can. Uh, the first time that I saw it in action, which was the last time we were here for one of these ghost hunting universities, it just the the conversation went almost at breakneck speed because uh, he's he's hearing things, and you, you see the skeptical look on people's faces when when they hear that happening and when they see this rapid fire conversation. But then the one clear word comes <laughs> through, and everybody's expression changes. Yeah, and it's. If it happened once or twice, it'd be a coincidence, but you hear these outright direct responses to questions. We heard it last night uh, in, in the chimney room, uh, talking to the, the spirit of the children uh, that are up there, and it was definitely clear and precise words being said. How can you convince people, though, that you know what they're hearing is these answers and not just, you know, for all we know, there could be a guy down the street with a radio? <laughs> We've had that one before, too. Um, well, first of all, I want to start off by saying that, that Chris, um, for years, toured in a heavy metal rock and roll band. He's a musician, or he was for several years. And so I think that having the ear for mm-hmm. that um, has helped for, for him. Um, it's, it isn't a device. P- people want Hollywood. Mm-hmm. You know, they want something that comes out crystal clear, and they say... Um, you know, who are we speaking with? And a crystal clear voice will come say, you know, Anna Nicole Smith. Yeah, they're looking yeah. for the Michael Keaton <laughs> white noise. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that was a terrible movie. Anyhow, um, they, uh, so they want Hollywood. And so that's really hard because when they come to our events, they are expecting that. And when it comes to uh, the fact that it's not Hollywood, you actually have to decipher things and mm-hmm. filter them and, and still continue to do the research on them. Um, they get a little agitated and say, oh, this is crap. And, you know. But you're right. Then they hear the few things. They ask a question, and they get that direct response back to their question. And they hear it. And it does change. Um, you know... <laughs> It's hard. It's hard dealing with the skepticism because mm-hmm. we've been testing this and working with this for so long. Um, but, you know, you just have to sell, tell people out there, you just have to say, you know what, until you've experienced it for yourself, you certainly should not pass judgment on it or those of us who are testing it in the field. I mean, it's, it's hard enough to convince a lot of skeptics uh, about the validity of EVPs, Yeah. You know, let alone here is this device that, that somebody can interact with. Now, when Chris is operating the device, he holds uh, the antenna in his hand? Um, no, not necessarily. Sometimes he does. Um, sometimes he goes ahead and puts it up um, on something metal. Mm-hmm because obviously metal is a better conductor for it. Um, Chris has a very powerful energy about him. And that's, yeah, that's, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. He uses the antenna to, to pull on the radio signal, but he uses himself to for draw the energy. In, yeah. Yes, he does. And what fascinates me, but also makes me nervous um, working with him, is that 
uh, I will watch him go from being perfectly fine, like, you know, he's had a cup of coffee or whatever, he's, he's ready to go, to half hour later be completely drained after using the device because it takes so much of his personal energy and mm-hmm. inner energy for that. And, you know, I watch, um, we all do, we sit there and we watch him go through the whole, um, you know, touching the box, holding the box, and, and literally go from being perfectly fine to, like I said, completely being drained, pale, sweaty, you know, all the things that it's just, it's fascinating, but yet a little nerve wracking, especially for Paulette, who spoke earlier, who is his mother. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to watch. I I was going to say, as as family and friends now, I know that he must practice and refine his skills with using this when he's on his own. How much does he use the box outside of these events, outside of these different places that you bring it to for lectures? How much does he just sit at home in his room doing it? You know what? When we first got the boxes, I know it was he, he did a lot mm-hmm. because he wanted to try to hone in what was being said. Um, now, I think because he does so many events, it's he and, and because he's trained his ear to hear things, um, he doesn't have to go home and, and do the practice as much as yeah. he used to. Now, I also do analysis. Um, EVP analysis and Frank's box analysis. And uh, there are things that I will pick up and run by him, and he'll say, no, (laughs) that's not right. And I'll say, yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. And we go through these battles. And um, But realistically, I have to sit back and uh, trust in that, um, you know, to agree to disagree. Mm -hmm. Um, I I hear more of the the layman things. I don't hear... The, the undertones and the you know everything that he can hear um so i'm definitely not one of the 30 <laughs> but is, but i can analyze it using um adobe audition or yeah. is there any point where you were you worried that maybe he was spending a little bit too much time with the box uh, because it's an awesome power to have to to think that you could just turn it on and try to connect with anybody you've ever wanted to speak to well you know th- the cool thing is is that um ever since i've been working with haunted times I don't. I don't find that they have abused any of that. Um, it seems really interesting to know that it seems like it could be such a huge power. And one of the things that we were told is, um, you know, the people that can use this. My God, can you imagine how powerful mm-hmm. they I mean, must I, be? But you know, I, I'm I'm actually very blessed to be able to work with the people I work with because they're very down to earth, very salt to the earth, very very humble and I know that um, you know the research that they do and that we do really comes first uh, above and beyond anything else Um, so you know it is a very powerful tool and there are so many times I've asked Chris I've said can we just you know get on the box and talk to my dad you know and he'll kind of look at me and yeah it's a huge energy drain too and so unless you really need to do it it's it's hard for him to get in that mindset what about the the biggest criticism that I've heard, uh, and the, that was weird. The people that I've talked to, uh, they worry about the fact that just like using a Ouija board or anything of that, you're basically opening up this device for anything and anybody. And there are people out mm-hmm. there who have expressed yep. concern to me and probably to you as well that there is something uh, of a negative, possibly demonic nature that is actually controlling what is said through the box and, and controlling Chris? Well, we have uh, that. That is definitely um, a, 
an issue that we have been um, we have discussed before. I think that with you bet, we have definitely encountered demonic, and it not much scares me. I'm actually really even keel, Mm -hmm. but that is probably the one thing that scares me the most. We were um, at the home of a very well-renowned demonologist, and we were doing a, we won't mention any names, and we were doing a private session um, with this person, and somebody that they knew came through and um, basically said, beware. (laughs) And we started getting these growls and these, almost these hisses, and then this high whistling sound. And... um, we learned at that point that the, the high whistling sound is usually a demonic trying to get attention. Um, is that is that accurate? Do you have you done? Does that happen too? To you? I've dealt with demonic. Yeah, yeah. And I think at that point is when I stand up and walk out because mm-hmm. I just there's cert, I, I can handle so much, but but that is very scary. And, and as a, for the Ouija board, we've heard that definitely. In fact, there's an article coming out in our summer issue that deals with. Um, the telephone to the dead versus the Ouija board, and that how similar that they possibly are. I think what it boils down to is that you have to be obviously very careful, which is another reason why Chris just doesn't turn on the box mm-hmm. every day, because you do open yourself up. And I think as any paranormal investigator does, um, whether you are using the telephone or whether you're doing EVPs, you're still opening up that portal for yourself, for something to come in to you or to your home or to yourself. And so I I can't say that I think that the telephone is all that different than any other um, EVP analysis, whether it's, like I said, open-air EVP, Ouija board, whatever. Um, So I can't really say that it's any different, but I can't say it's the same. I think that it's it definitely, um, you know, has both. All right. Well, why don't we take our last break of the night, uh, Matt Costa? We still have some to burn. Yep. All right. We will take our final break. When we come back, we'll try to play some clips uh, from Frank's box, and of course, we'll take any of your questions. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Five zero eight two nine one zero five hundred. We will be right back with more, more about Frank's box here on Spooky South Coast. Welcome back to Spooky South Coast, live from the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast, 92 Second Street, Fall River, Massachusetts, lizzie-borden.com if you want to make your reservations. But if you want to bid on your opportunity to stay here in the John Morse room where Abby Abby Borden was murdered uh, on the anniversary of the murders, August 4th, you can go to eBay and look up Lizzie Borden, uh, and you'll find it right there on the first page, or you can go to spookysouthcoast.com. Click on the blog, and under the listing for tonight's show, you will see a direct link to the auction. So let's boost that up there because you know this is this is a big prize. You also get a it's a it's a one night stay for two in the room. Uh, you also get a gift certificate to the Abbey Grill, which is in the church where the Bordens worshipped, 
And you also get uh, two I Survive the Night t-shirts, providing you survive the night, and a Lizzie Boyd and bobblehead, which are getting harder and harder to find, aren't they? The bobbleheads. Ah, so you guys bought out the remaining stock. So this might be your only chance to get one. And, of course, you can always come here to the gift shop at the Lizzie Boyd Bed and Breakfast, take the tour, and, and get yourself a T-shirt and all the different memorabilia they have and, and cool key chains. all the books. Keychains, yeah. yeah. They have some really neat stuff. Every time we come here, we I literally go in there and I buy tons of stuff. I don't know if it's I think I'm never coming back because <laughs> Andrew's going to get me them all the night yeah. or what. But. Yeah, you're booked four times a year, though. So you stay here. No, I don't mean here. The guy follows. There's residual energy, and that's a whole other show. <laughs> we will have to get into that sometime in the future. But okay. So now we were talking about the telephone to the dead. The, the let, let, Let's call it that, as we were saying during the break. Let's call it the telephone to the dead. because That's actually what we've called it now and, and have it uh, trademarked as a telephone to the dead. Oh. Um, it's We still love Frank. He's he's a good friend, and he's done so much for us. Um, but when he he did say he does not want to work with ghost hunting groups. He does not want to work with paranormal people at all. He, you know, he just, he kind of just went off the deep end with all of the... Getting um, inundated. Oh, yeah. I can't even, personally, I cannot imagine it. It's fun. I think we might have been the only group, to, the only, you know, paranormal media entity to contact him and say, listen, can we just borrow one and then we'll return it? You know, we... Everybody, he said, everybody was hounding him, saying, you know, I need to get in touch with my grandfather, I need to get in touch with my mother, and and so he was getting killed with requests, you know, figure speech, but <laughs> you got to be careful what you say in this house. Yeah. So, I mean, I totally understand, and, you know, it's 10 years from now, people call it Frank's Box, won't make any sense anymore. Yeah, I agree. So, However, you know, it is still hard, because we've called it, it was, it was always it's Frank's branded, Box. branded, yeah, it's branded. Yeah, it's always Frank's Box, but, you know, out so, of respect for him, um, saying that that's just not what he wants to do anymore, mm-hmm. we obviously have chosen to now have it called the telephone to the dead. So. So, sorry, Frank, tell that to Jello and Kleenex. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we actually have some clips here uh, that, that uh, Tina has brought in on our computer, so let's see if we can play them for the listeners. Okay. And so uh, we'll, we'll try and see how they go, and then we'll have Tina explain what's being said in each one. But you might want to turn up your radios uh, just so you can hear it a little bit better. Now, some of these I, you know, I'll play a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, and the f- this one here is one that we did um, last September here at the Lizzie Borden House. Um, we had our good friend John Zaffis here with us as well, doing the investigation. And uh, he asked a question, and the reply is what you will hear. It, it is, it's choppy. It's not Hollywood. Um, but, you know, through slowing up, speeding down, making louder, making softer, we were able to come up with this. And actually, I had Andrea listen to it to make sure it was going to be clear enough. So we shall see, and I'll play it again, and on, we'll go from there. Lizzie, are you down here with us? Now, I don't know if you could make out any of that. Um, Mr. Zaffa says, Lizzie, Lizzie, are you down here with us? And you hear, yes. Shh. She hates you. Um, So, I'll play it again and see if you guys can make it work out. Lizzie, are you down here with us? Were you guys able to hear that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a good one from here. Um, Matt, how's it back on your end? Sounds good over here. Okay. Technology at its finest. I know. Um, let's see. I'm going to try this one. Because <laughs> I know it was clear. Hey, All, right. 
All right, we'll see how this one works. Andrew, why are you so angry all the time? Um, Andrew doesn't say, like the women. <laughs> he especially doesn't like women that are strong-willed. And so I think I asked him, why are you so angry all the time? And then he called me a slut. And then a little bit later in the clip, you can hear, it burns him. And then I think you hear some of our voices talking. Mm-hmm. But that was Andrew's response. And Andrew has never welcomed us with open arms. Um, I don't think he's welcomed me with open arms <laughs> or Chris or no. I don't know about other I don't know about Jason and Grant I don't know about any of them but I, I just them. yeah I just know that that he is a very um, mean man cantankerous, cantankerous. Was, that's a pretty good word cranky bastard that's good too oh did I say that oh, we, we can say cranky bastard on the air okay. whether or not you want to say it in the dining room of the Lizzie Boyd in bed and breakfast you know he yeah. laid here for like what a week after his death all right, well, let me play this clip again. Hold on. Andrew, why are you so angry all the time? You hear Ben in the background there? <laughs> he called you eat last time. <laughs> so was that you guys? Were you able to make that one out? Oh, or? Yeah. yeah? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. I get, you know, concerned. Now, um, I have a few more that I would love to play. We were um, on uh, a radio station in Denver um, last Halloween doing an investigation at a place there, and, and it was broadcast all over, obviously, Colorado. It was an AM talk show. And um, there was the sound guy there. His name was Kenny. And we were he decided he was going to hang out with us during the course of the night, and we were using the box, excuse me, the telephone, <laughs> and um, got, he, they wanted to talk to him. And what was fascinating about Kenny is that because he was trained for sound, he could hear everything that was coming out of the telephone as it was coming out. And it was, you know, very, gr- it was, it was very nice to see that there was somebody else that could hear it and that we weren't insane. So... Um, the first one, I'm speaking, and I say, does any spirit here know anyone in this room? And then I'll see if you guys can hear the rest, and then I'll explain it. Any spirit that you have with us tonight know any of us that are down in this room? Here in Denver? Um... You heard Kenny. Yeah, Yeah, this says, what it says is, any spirit here know anyone in this room? And then you hear Kenny. And then a few seconds later you hear, it's very melodic. I used to live by him. And then Kenny says, here in Denver? And then a few seconds later it says, no. So I'll play it one more time. Any spirit that's here with us tonight know any of us that are down in this room? Here in Denver? No. No. Yeah, that That was was pretty good. Very clear, yeah. Yeah, Kenny was very impressed. (laughs) Um, And then, uh, let's see. I just want to play two more. And then this is what is immediately following. Kenny says, in Iowa, and then you hear, that was me. 
So here that one is. In Iowa. Yeah. Okay. And then the last one I want to play was very creepy to me. We were doing, we had the box actually running in the background, and we had our digital voice recorders going just to kind of see what we would pick up without asking questions. And when I first heard it, I heard this whisper. It was almost like, and I thought, what? What is going on here? So when I went back and did the whole slowing down thing, um, I got a very nasty leave in a whisper. And this was actually at the Peabody Mansion in Denver, which is very haunted and very evil. And there's a huge history behind it. And uh, if anybody's interested, it's the Peabody Mansion in Denver. So here is the whispering leave that we got. That's, that's pretty, uh, yeah. I'll do it one more time. Do one more. Sure. Yeah, it's yeah. Pretty, pretty overt there. That was really, yeah. I think I, after I heard that, I actually really did creep out. <laughs> because, you know, you don't, you don't hear it, and you go back, and you don't think you have anything, and then you hear something that forceful. Mm-hmm. being yeah, that mean, basically saying, get out. It's not like, hi, honey. <laughs> it's telling you to get the hell out. I so. Mean, do you find that, uh, I know that the last time you were here, the first night, you know, Mr. Borden was coming through, Lizzie was coming through, and the second night it was more people's passed on relatives were coming through mm-hmm. and communicating with mm-hmm. them. Do you find that uh, that happens more often than not, that there's... Uh, other spirits that aren't connected to a location you might oh, be at? Oh, definitely. My dad, I mean, this sounds crazy, but my father follows me almost everywhere I go. Um, it's, it is interesting because I don't think that, that spirits are necessarily attached to a location. I think that they can be attached to the people that they love. They can be attached to the land. They can be attached to anything. And so it's not that, it's not uncommon at all for, for spirits to know. And you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because it's it's very um, well. I find it so fascinating to know that we. It, it's it's like they know where to find us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they know where to find the people that can they can communicate through, and it's like a big network. Do you think maybe like on the other side that when this box gets turned on, it's like a, a red light goes on on their end? Um, I don't know. That's a question that we would have to ask. Um, but I know that they love to follow Chris around. Yeah, you never know. You never know. I mean, there is, there could be some kind of telephone. There could be, you know, all we have discovered is that um, they have been waiting for us to come up with this technology enough to hear them. And we are currently working with a scientist to develop a clearer, more accurate um, d- device. Well, a little uh, more squelch on it, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, um, it's quite clear right now we are doing, um, we have a, a computer program we've been working with, and it has only a vocabulary of a thousand words that this, this gentleman put into it. And it's it's odd because he just put random words. I don't know where he got them, but all of a sudden you hear like Barbie doll. I mean, you know, so it's, it's weird. But um, the version he's working on next is hopefully going to have about 32 to 35,000 uh, words of vocabulary. So um, it's, it is quite fascinating. It's very clear. Now, the, the, the final question I have regarding the telephone is it, it's hard to answer because uh, while you are researchers, while you are investigators, uh, you're also business people who are in the process yep. of putting together these events and these, organiz- uh, yep. these 
um, ghost hunter universities, is there a possibility, and I, being limited to the 30 people that can operate it, if, if that holds true, but is there a possibility that someday this could be adapted and used for common people to be able to communicate? I would hope so. I do. I mean, I don't think any of us feel that the technology should solely, you know, forever and ever be limited. I, I think that... Um, but despite what other people may have said, it's not some agreement amongst yourselves to make sure that you are the only ones to retain this technology. Oh, no. I it mean... It just so happens that's the way it's working out right now that right. Chris is one of the few that can actually operate. Right. He is. I mean, but, but we have found one other person um, so far that um, can hear it as it's coming out of the box. Mm-hmm. And it was confirmed through the telephone that this other person was one of the 30. And we have it recorded when we discuss this uh, with the spirits on the other side about the number of people, and it specifically states 30 people will be enlightened, Mm -hmm. whatever that's supposed to mean. I I personally just take it as, you know, there's going to be 30 people that are going to be able to get together and understand this thing and be able to figure it out and be able to to communicate it to the rest of the world. Those 30 can can crack the code essentially exactly that's my thought now you know i'm i'm just me i don't i don't harbor Mm. any special talent i'm not a psychic i'm not you know one of the 30 i'm none of that but at least that i know of i guess maybe someday i could be um so yeah i i just i i feel that within time who knows when it'll be that it's something that could be available to anybody who wants to use it i i certainly wouldn't think it would be fair to limit it Mm -hmm. so and uh, we, we only have a few minutes left, but would there be any downside to being able to communicate with the beyond the other side with that kind of frequency? I think so. I mean, you know, you never knew who you're communicating with on the other side. We have people that we uh, know. We call them our our special technicians that we know that we can trust. And as Matt and I were discussing earlier, no matter what form of communication you're using, you are opening up a portal. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if it's the telephone to the dead. It doesn't matter if it's open air EVP or Ouija board. You're opening up a portal. And, you know, even Andrea was saying that the interesting thing about a Ouija board is that maybe why people find it more um, spooky is that you have to touch it. And to me, that scares me as well because it's almost like you're you're touching the negative energy as opposed to completing the circuit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And at least with the telephone, you're just hearing it. (laughs) So I. That is creepy too. Yeah. You don't hear it on the Ouija board. That's true. You don't hear it, but you have to touch it. Right. Exactly. Tim said you're completing a circuit. That's what people don't understand. You have to put All right, well, we are up against the clock here, so uh, we will sign off for tonight here from the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast. Thank uh, you guys so much, by oh, the way, for having me. We, uh, we love being able to come here and talk to you and to, to be able to be here in the building while this is going on instead of just, you know, calling on the phone and say, okay, explain the process. We can <laughs> see it. We can convey it yep. to the listeners. Well, it's great, and I really appreciate it, and it's always good to see you guys. And um, just real quick, www.hauntedtimes.com, mm-hmm. and uh, you, we have a great magazine out there if anybody wants to subscribe online. And uh, we have a lot of cool upcoming Ghost Hunter University events, so you can find those online or in our magazine as well. As it says, the best the best way to make up your mind about this technology is come and see it in action. Exactly. And that's all we've ever asked is, you know, before you um, pass judgment. Yep, before you pass judgment, just you better come see it.
With and, anything. And speaking of coming to see things, you can come and see the Lizzie Boyden Bed and Breakfast here, 92 Second Street in Fall River, lizzie-boyden.com, and make sure you go to eBay, look up the auction, and bid, 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 because you don't want to miss this package. So, for Matt Moniz, for Matt Costa, back in the Spooky Studio, I'm Tim Weisberg. Stay spectacular, everybody. Rest assured, listener, that my time here has not been easy, and what you have just heard was not fiction. Although, in many a desperate moment, I most certainly wish it had been. It's over for now, it seems. Or at least, until yesterday begins again. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Another supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen.